Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Joe, we are very likely live. <laughs> What's up, everybody? December 12th edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro. Give me a follow online at Showdown Joe. Uh, my co-host, as always, Sean Rossap, managing editor for Fightful, Fightful Online, Fightful Wrestling, Fightful Boxing, Fightful MMA, Fightful Le- Curling, Fightful Hockey, Fightful leader, NCAA. Leader of the Fightful staff predictions the last two go-arounds as well. Just want to say that. I gotta discuss that with you. We'll we'll get to that a little bit later. We have lots of stuff to talk about in terms of predictions and our analysis uh, for a bunch of good shows that are going down this weekend. Uh, UFC on Fox, Lawler versus Dos Anjos going down in Winnipeg, and I could just imagine what Winnipeg is looking like right now, considering the pelting of snow we got here uh, in Toronto, north of Toronto, over the past 24 hours. Thankfully, my snowblower works. I got it up and running. Well, partially. Uh, and yeah, we'll talk about uh, UFC on Fox, Lala versus the song that's going down in Winnipeg. Um, we'll talk about Bellator 191, Michael McDonald. We're going to hear from him uh, likely a little bit later on in the show, as well as Chris Cyborg and Holly Holm, who'll be headlining the UFC's uh, final show of the year later this month. Lots to talk about. Frank Trigg, what's supposed to join us on the show today but he is uh, in midst of traveling frank and i have some uh, pretty cool news to announce uh we'll get to that a little bit later on uh and then from there sean rossap will continue to drink that huge jug of water or jug of water for no apparent reason because i guess so, he wants to just keep peeing what's so up let, let's talk about this jug of water i got it from my local it's called the handy mart because i'm out of bottled water and uh, my wife is picking some up on the way home tonight so i just bought this jug it has this handle, quote unquote, that is taped on. <laughs> so I asked the people at the store, I'm like, did did Mike, the guy who runs the store, make you all do this? Because, I mean, it makes sense. Why, why doesn't this have a handle, a regular handle? I don't know. doesn't make sense. And they said, no, it comes like that. So the people at Crystal Geyser, hope I'm not <laughs> costing myself a, a potential sponsorship here. 
Oh, no. they, they won't build the plastic to have the handle. They get these styrofoam handles and they tape them on. And they are remarkably effective. Oh, believe it or not. Well, there you go. Pretty good. Pretty good. Awesome stuff. Um, so, yeah, so we have a bunch of stuff to discuss. Uh, later on, uh, we'll get to some announcements. I don't. Frank will not be able to join us. Uh, I'd love to have him join me uh, to make this announcement, but um, I would say it's 99% done. Uh, Mr. Sean Ross Sapp is fully aware of it. Uh, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get to it in a little bit. Um, but where do you want to go first? You want to talk about George St. Pierre vacating that title? Well, are you able to announce this yet? Are we going to get in any hot water? Or... You know what? It's, it's, it's a very good question. There was a press, <laughs> there was a press release that was sent out today uh-huh. about a certain Japanese card taking place uh, New Year's Eve, uh, two shows, uh, and the pay-per-view trailer had my voice on it because I did the voiceover for the pay-per-view trailer. So I don't know if there's going to be a special press release to announce that Frank Trigg and I will be doing the Ryzen pay-per-view play-by-play. I don't know, but as it stands right now, 99% confirmed, seeing as the press release went out with my voice on it, uh, and the itinerary for our flights are forthcoming, Frank Trigg and I will be doing play-by-play for the Ryzen show uh, at the end of the year and hopefully moving forward. So yes, I am back with Ryzen and all you guys in the live chat that would always mention it and talk about why am I not back, why am I not back. There were some issues, and not on the Ryzen end, and not on my end. And we found out what the root of the issue is, and we discussed it, and lo and behold, it was quick, it was savvy, it was, we want you back, Joe. So, awesome. Now, for what I just said about Crystal Geyser, I said much worse about the Ryzen commentary team the last go-around, because it was not a good night for them. It was bad it was embarrassing it was a black mark on the company in my opinion that i think it was chris cordero that called it it was real bad so i was very very happy that they switched and picked up you and frank trigg to do this and frank trigg you st- it's funny because you know I'll, I'll bust frank's balls a little bit here his balls which have been on display for the world to see in some photographs as matt <laughs> hughes would 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 show everybody you know, he, he lost a couple of high-profile fights. There were times when he's the butt of, of jokes. Like, I don't want to say that he's a joke because he's not. But you know how some MMA fans are, how just some people are. They won't let yep. something like that go. The man made it in the Hall of Fame. The man was a, a pioneer of the sport in a very important time, a fantastic fighter. I'm seeing that narrative switch over the past week. All it takes is people seeing how good he is at something. Like refing a fight and how good that stoppage was and there's going to be a lot of people that see how good he is on podcasts and interviews and uh how good he is in the commentary booth frank trigg is i've been saying this all week is such a valuable and underrated and underutilized resource for mma media not not to us because we use him every chance we can get I can't get enough of Frank Trigg on this website. I think he's awesome. He's got the pro wrestling crossover experience, too. That makes me very happy. Frank Trigg does a lot of things really cool. And, yeah, I knew that you were going to be heading back to the booth. And when they, when you told me that Frank was going to be in there, too, I was like, man, could it get any better? Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, after my discussions with Ryzen, and this, is, this went on for about a month or so. Uh, it's been quiet for about a month or so. 
Um, and then I, I, I was asked by some of the pay-per-view people that are going to be broadcasting it, do you know who your play, who your color commentator is? I said, I don't, I don't, I haven't been informed of anything. And understand when you send an email to Japan, you've got to wait 12 hours to get a reply because yeah. of the time zone change. You know, you're, you're sending it at eight in the morning. It's like nine, 10 o'clock at night there. Oh, trying, at, trying to correspond with Anna Bauert in Australia is a nightmare. So yes. Japan so, is Japan a little bit, a little bit worse, I would imagine. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think uh, Anna. Well, I don't know. You know what? I don't know. I, Anna, I, I, Anna's got the fifteen-hour difference, so I'll yeah. catch her at the beginning of her day or the end of her day. We're able yeah. to correspond there. In Japan, a lot of times you'll just completely miss somebody, and it'll you'll catch them when they're busy. I, I've learned. Yeah. So in, in essence, in discussing things with them, sometimes it's obviously slower than it is for you and I to send emails, or me and uh, and the folks over at Titan or, or whatever uh, promotion that I, that you know I could potentially doing play by play for. So uh, I asked them. I said, listen, uh, I don't know who my my color commentator is. I would suggest Frank Trigg, uh, based on the experience that he has. He's competed in Japan. He's a well known name. Uh, he's all you know. He's often a member on my on my Fightful podcast. Uh, and just kind of pitch the idea. And before you know it. They contacted Frank. That negotiation started. That thing was confirmed pretty quick. And Frank and I have been sitting here wondering, okay, what do we do? Like, do we say anything? Do we not say anything? Do we say anything? Do we not say anything? Like, let's not rock the boat. But then after the press release today and hearing my voice on it, uh, I'm assuming we're good to go. But they're excited. We're excited. Uh, It's going to be a challenge. Um, I was originally supposed to leave at 8 a.m. on Christmas Day. I discussed with them if they wouldn't mind (laughs) me leaving the following day. Uh, and they were very accommodating. So thankfully, I'm not leaving on Christmas Day, but I will be leaving, uh, which is Boxing Day here in, in Canada. It's a pretty big holiday. Uh, it's a it's a crazy, you know, it's like a Black Friday for you guys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so unfortunately, it's not a direct flight, Sean. I'll be stopping oh. over in Chai Town for a bit. Then the flight commences uh, to Japan. So uh, it'll be a long, long flight or long day going there. And even and just as long coming back, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. looking forward to go back to Japan. So happy to hear this news because you got you have to have a welcoming voice, you have to have a welcoming personality when, especially when you're trying to break into an American market like Ryzen always is. Uh, what are the dates of the shows in America? What dates will they air? Uh, so it's so there's December 29th and New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. So here it'll likely be uh, really early in the morning, December 30th. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or late December 29th, and then on right around New Year's Eve. These are like four or five o'clock in the morning. You can catch them all on Fight TV. Fight F I T E dot TV. Uh, the pay per view. That's the only option right now in North America. Uh, I know they are working on some broadcasting deals here. Uh, n- nothing concrete. Nothing just yet. And I, I'd be speculating if I even tried to make an announcement. Uh, but Fight TV is where it's going to be available. So you can you can watch it on uh, you know your your phone, your tablet, your computer, your television. Oh, yeah. If you've got a smart TV, so it will be available, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic because it is a Grand Prix. Uh, it, it, Miracle Krokop is competing. Takanori Gomi is competing. Um, yeah, Ian McCall is there. It's going to be fantastic, man. I can't wait. Many many of our viewers, readers, followers are familiar with Fight because that's that's a way that they can watch Ring of Honor, which we're, we're actually doing a post-show after their pay-per-view on Friday, and Fight is a way that you can check that out as well. So uh, I can announce James Lynch will be joining me on the UFC 219 post-show podcast. I'll figure something else early out for uh, the preview shows early in that week. But uh, Joe's going to be in Japan, so 
you know, maybe he breaks up a crazy horse Vanderlei Silva fight. Like, <laughs> you never know what's going to go on there. Uh, yeah, I remember when Ronda Rousey fought uh, Amanda Nunes and uh, Dominic Cruz and um, uh, Cody Garbrandt fought. Like, that pay-per-view was already on. It was live. It was going on. As we arrived to the Saitama Super Arena, we were still trying to find out where we're going. We were there pretty early, and, and people are looking at their phones. Oh, my God, Cordy Gobrad just defeated Dominic Cruz. I'm like, what? And we're looking, and like we hadn't even started our day yet, and that yeah. pay-per-view was already going on. So the same thing uh, with UFC 219. There's a good chance you and James will already be live by the time yeah. I even realize what's happening uh, in North America. So uh, as we get into the the MMA talk and stuff like that, a video hit me. Floyd Mayweather <laughs> just got on Instagram and started to talk shit. I'll, I hope that the the uh, our viewers, sorry, our viewers, uh, listeners can hear this. I'll, I'll Joe, I'll explain it to you. He be somebody get some pussy again, some money. Now you already know I'm a money getting motherfucker. I'm money made. You know, they just called me, they just called me not too long ago and asked me to come back. I can come right back. If I want to, I can come right back to the UFC. I can go fight in the octagon. I can fight, a, I can go do a, a three or four fight deal in the octagon and make a, make a billion dollars. Remember, I'm Floyd Money Mayweather. Floyd Money Mayweather <laughs> went on like a 15 minute Instagram rant, you know. It's going to get us demonetized. I'll say that much. But he said that they called him not too long ago. Now, when he said they, he didn't say who. But he said, I could go do a three to four fight deal in the octagon and make a billion dollars. Do you think the UFC called him and a billion dollars? You think he makes a billion dollars off four UFC fights? $250 million a fight? Yeah. Because I think he gets beat the first time he goes in. Yeah, so maybe there's the potential to make a billion dollars, but that first fight would determine a lot of things, and I don't think he wins his first fight. If he gets his boxing split in UFC, I think he could make 250 to 300 million mm-hmm. in his first fight, and then after he loses, he'll never want to come back. But I don't see that sustaining throughout. Paul Neary in the live chat just just read my mind: Floyd Mayweather versus CM Punk. You know what, um, God, guys, like there's a big, huge weight difference there as like, well. So yeah, but I'm sorry, and I know I'm gonna get a lot of shit for it. Punk would beat him in MMA. Punk would beat him. Punk would tie him up and take him down and tap him out. Like you just, I cannot explain, guys. Like when there was talk of the Ronda Rousey Floyd Mayweather thing, I said if the fight starts in the clinch, Ronda Rousey wins. That's it. If it starts anywhere else, she probably loses. But if it starts in the clinch, I cannot understate how significant it is that somebody has never trained takedowns in their life. Like, not not just, like, didn't know how to defend one. Had never trained them in their life. How many low singles have we seen pulled off in the history of the UFC, Joe? I'm talking, like, low ankle pick singles. You could probably count them on both hands. Yep. That that have really went that well. Uh, Randy Couture did it with no problem. 40-something-year-old Randy Couture. Now, CM Punk ain't Randy Couture, but CM Punk has been training with a great camp for two years. 
And I think he could submit <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. If he gets hit by Floyd Mayweather, well, that's pro- I wouldn't say it's over, but it, it ain't going to end well for him. But we're talking like, I mean, anybody on the UFC roster probably submits Floyd Mayweather. Like, I, I just cannot stress that enough. Does that mean they shouldn't do it? Hell no, it doesn't mean that. Do it. Do it. I'm cool. I, I would love it. I would love to watch Floyd Mayweather fight a UFC fight. Um, I think it'd be great. It would be a giant pay-per-view. You know, it's funny because Dana White would always say that he hated freak show fights and all that. They're starting to realize sometimes the celebrity boxing approach kind of works to a degree. At least as long as there's two skilled fighters in there, it can work. Somebody, I think the money. Stone, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Stone Osborne says you all are forgetting that Floyd beat Big Show. He did. Did you ever see that match by chance? I think it was a punch that landed and it ended real quick or some of that. No, no, no. It was it was a good match. It was actually okay. for for a celebrity in a pro wrestling match. Floyd Mayweather did exceptionally. Like he did really, really good. Like and in the build up, he Big Show had him break his nose on live TV. Oh my gosh! Oh wow. yeah, and then. Uh, Big Show threw him over the top rope, and all of his posse like caught him on the outside. And then they had this match that very few people, probably the only person that I can think of off the top of my head that had a better first match than Floyd Mayweather was D'Angelo Williams, former NFL running back. But um, Floyd Mayweather had this great match, and one of his one of the 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 TMT members had a necklace with gold brass knucks on it, and he took it off. Punched Big Show in the face and pinned him. It was actually really good. So Floyd really understands like how to I be can an make entertainer. Money here I can make money here. I can make money here. Even if I've never done it before, and I'm not the best at it, I can make money here. So I, he he's he's not a dummy. He knows what's Listen, up. Listen, the only the only fight, and we, we we'll talk about it till we're blue in the face, probably till the end of time. The only fight Floyd needs in the octagon is against Conor McGregor because everybody will watch that. Everybody oh, will watch that. And everybody will have a completely different angle uh, as what they had going into that first money fight. So if the UFC can pull that off some way, somehow, get Floyd into the octagon to fight Conor McGregor, man, I, uh, our lives will stand still that evening. Yeah. I can tell you that. So I would absolutely love to see that fight. People in the chat are talking about Pac-Man Jones, Bengals star, wrestling for Impact. I have actually reached out to Pac-Man Jones on multiple occasions for interviews. I think I can make it happen after his NFL career. I think they're kind of limited in what they can say during their NFL career. But uh, controversial guy, but wanted to send my thoughts out to him. He's on IR right now. Well, we have tons of MMA news to talk about. We did a breaking news podcast last week. We... We hit you guys with our UFC Fresno and Bellator 190 show much earlier than expected. We did it Saturday night. It was a good show. Uh, a lot of fun. Like Nothing earth-shattering on either one of those shows except for, I think, Carvalho was maybe the most significant thing to happen in the grand scope of MMA because he's going to fight Musashi. But over in the UFC's middleweight division, GSP vacated the championship. Dana White said that he thought he was going to be pissed off. Doesn't seem that mad. And... You know, I get it. I wouldn't be if I were him either. No. Uh, Paul, Paul Neary, we'll get to your comment in one second. All right, bud? Um, no, I, and I mentioned it on the podcast. Dana White 
before the announcement that George St. Pierre had colitis, had every right, in my opinion, to be upset with George if George chose not to defend or unify the title with Robert Whitaker. And, 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 and if you put yourself in Dana White's shoes, considering bringing George St. Pierre back, negotiating that contract, understanding there's a clause in the contract that says if you beat Michael Bisping, you must defend uh, against Robert Whitaker or Robert Whitaker. Um, and then George doesn't do that. You know, I, if I was Dana, I'd be very upset. I'm like, come on, dude, like, what's going on here? But, Considering the health circumstances here, I completely understand that Dana White potentially isn't upset, says, you know what, whatever. And it was George's idea to vacate the title. George basically said, you know what, I'm not holding up this division. Like we see Conor McGregor uh, has been holding up divisions. Uh, I'm not here to hold up the division. Let it go. Here's your belt back. Robert Whitaker is now the official 185-pound champion. He will have to defend his title uh, against Luke Rockhold. Uh, is it January or February? I think it was February. February. Man, that, that UFC slate looking real good i kind of touted how well i've loved the building of these shows but you have just a a great main card 219 a very top heavy 220 and on 221 already you have uh rockhold and whitaker that's pretty good now i don't know what else they're going to put on this show uh i know that formiga versus ben win is on there that's okay tyson pedro's on the show i like watching him fight but well, we'll see how they fill out this this Australia show because I'm I don't know you know I wonder if we can get credentialed and send Anna Bauert there who knows nothing about the UFC because I think there's an interesting angle in that as well. Yeah, why not? Give it a shot. Send in the information. Um, before we move on from this, Paul Neary, uh, it's something you and I haven't even had a chance to discuss in our own personal time via WhatsApp or anything like that. Usually, where there's smoke, there's fire. Manny Pacquiao, Conor McGregor, apparently or allegedly are in some type of negotiations. Are you buying no. what these two are selling? No, I'm not. Um, because Dana White straight up came out and said, well, if Conor is, it's news to me. And uh, he has a contract with us. So if they are, they'll be hearing from my lawyers. That's not the type of thing you say when you're trying to make a deal work, <laughs> in my opinion. And... Dana White, uh, previously, like with, with Mayweather, he would just say, eh, it's never going to happen, it's never going to happen, it's never going to happen. That's usually what he says if he's open to the idea, but he just doesn't really believe it'll happen. He doesn't say, I'm going to get my lawyers on this. So I, I don't I don't believe it. And if I'm Pacquiao, man, I, and you know, obviously the money's not the same, but you got to do that Jeff Horn fight again. That fight ruled. That fight yeah. made me a fan of Jeff Horn. That was just such a, a phenomenal, great fight. I want to see him fight Jeff Horn again. Yeah, I mean, I think this whole Conor McGregor going back to boxing is, is although it has legs all the time, I think it just needs to go away. Even with the Pauly stuff, just go away. Like, just get Conor, get this whole, first things first, they need to take care of this whole situation with Conor McGregor and what happened in Ireland. Let's just make an announcement, ladies and gentlemen, about what's, what, Slap on the nothing wrist. Nothing happening. Everybody forgot about that but you, Joe. Oh, well, you never <laughs> know, man. We'll see. We'll see. I, th- I still think they should throw the book at him, uh, although they won't. Uh, I think Connor's just so big, so he can pretty much do whatever he wants. He'll get a slap on the wrist. Uh, I want an answer to that so then we can move forward and say he's going to defend only, the title. Only book uh, they're going to throw at him is their checkbook. That's it. Yeah, just, yeah just... pretty much. 
Yeah, I want to see the guy compete, man. That's all I care. I want to see him compete. I want to see what he looks like post the money fight in the octagon. Because you went 10 rounds with the the greatest boxer of our generation or this generation. Mm -hmm. I want to see what your striking looks like now in the octagon versus a guy like Tony Ferguson. Is your footwork capable of staying away from Habib Nurmagomedov when he tries to take you down and beat the crap out of you? Tony Ferguson seems to leave his chin standing out there and has no problem counterfighting. Connor's fast. Connor's, Connor's a southpaw. I want to see if that happens. So there's a lot of questions and a lot of answers that I want with Connor McGregor now, the evolution of Connor McGregor as the lightweight champion in the UFC. Bottom line is, just want to see him fight. Yeah, uh, I do too. I, I He's got to get back in the cage. Well, he doesn't have to. He's got a lot of money. <laughs> Vinny Fernando, look at the quote Vinny put up there. Do your Irish accent. They'll do fucking nothing. Yeah, that's pretty much true. That is is pretty true. So we got a couple of big shows coming up. Uh, big for Bellator because they're, they're heading back overseas. They're running a lot of overseas shows. This one in Newcastle, England this Friday. Uh, James Thompson versus Phil DeFreeze. I thought that he was facing Ole Thompson, but uh, that ain't happening. Phil DeFreeze, still a decent fight in my opinion. Valerie Letourneau versus Kate Jackson. That's a solid fight as well. But Peter Ligier versus Michael McDonald. I had the opportunity to talk to Michael McDonald. And um, we're actually going to hear more from him next week because I have a a completely different topic to talk to him about. How he left the UFC, his issues there. But, Joe, you and I have spoken about ring rust with regularity and MMA mileage against regular mileage. Michael talks a little bit about that. Take a listen. You often hear about MMA mileage versus actual age you are allegedly 26 years old yeah that we know of you'll be 27 yeah. in january where do you stand on that yeah. because you've, you've been doing this for over a decade now yeah it's crazy to think about that man uh that uh i've been fighting professionally for over 10 years now and and that's 21, pretty weird at uh, 21 you had beaten what many considered the best bantamweight ever at that point yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I've had a lot of experience under my belt, even though I'm a young guy. Um, and that's cool, you know. To I mean, to think that's pretty crazy to think that I could have another 10 to 15 years if I take care of my body is pretty insane. Because um, that's I can't even think about that. But no, it, it is pretty cool. And uh, yes, I do have a lot of miles on my body. Um, and if you don't, if you don't learn, your body's going to deteriorate pretty quick. So. I've had to learn how to take care of my body um, after destroying it. You know, I, I my body was falling apart at like 18, 19 years old. I've had, you know, three hand surgeries. I was positive I was going to need a back surgery and a shoulder surgery. I haven't had to have one. They've, those have actually gone away. But, yeah, it's uh, you learn a lot. And if you don't learn, you, uh, you become a dinosaur and you, you got to retire because you're not going to be moving. You're not going to see a lot of 26-year-olds who have had like a year and a half out of the cage and before that a couple years out of the cage. When you had a couple years out of the cage, you came back and you finished a guy in about a round and a half. Is How does ring rust apply to you or do you think it even does? You know, it's a, it's a highly debated topic. Um, yeah, I, I, Especially among bantamweights, elite this. bantamweights it is. Yeah, uh, it, it might sound, sound strange to say this um, because I, I think that I have experience with this whole on and off thing, but I don't think I'm an expert on ring rust, um, which I don't know who would be if I'm not. Um, so that's kind of strange. 
but it's it's a high, it's highly debated, and I'm not exactly sure. Um, there there is a little bit of sub subconscious like, oh my goodness, I haven't been here for a while. There's a little bit of that. Um, but if you're a gamer and you're a performer, I don't think it matters that much. Um, you know, I, I would say that it would matter a little bit more on your training and your strategy and going into it. If you're you're struggling with like quote unquote ring rust, um, that you might try to overcomplicate it and like overcomplicate your game plan and stuff like that, and thinking that it's you know, yeah, just more complicated than this because really a simple thing. You just train, then you go in there and you go on autopilot, and then then whatever happens happens. Was there ever a point you thought this fight might not happen? Kind of carried over into my cyborg clip there a little bit on accident. But, um, yeah, like, Michael McDonald has been through it. As I said to him in the interview, it's not a lot, uh, you, you or it's not often you'll find a 26-year-old who has had a multiple one-year layoffs, Joe. Yeah, uh, you know, he's already had... 21 mixed martial arts fights, or was it 20? Yes, 21 mixed martial arts fights, and he's he's had some wars. Um, you, you take a look at that last fight with John Lineker. Uh, we had just, I mean, that was a bad game plan. He got sucked into the to a brawl. You can't brawl with him. You cannot brawl underneath any, any circumstances with John Lineker. Chances are you're going to lose. The only reason why you would do it is is to prove to yourself that you could beat him in a brawl. But other than that, you stay away from John Lineker and you punish him from the outside or take him down like T.J. Dillashaw did. You know, you'll make better decisions. Um, Michael McDonald's MMA mileage is is pretty steep. Yeah. You know, this guy's been through a lot. Unbelievable personality. Great guy. Um, Just the body's taking a lot, man. So we'll see. And I know he's fighting Pete Legere, who, you know, 8-1. I mean, he hasn't lost in a long time, but he's competed twice this year. So he's, he's technically fresh. So we talk about the ring rust or the octagon rust or the cage rust, whatever rust you want to call it. It's real. You know, some guys can get over it. I've seen Freddie Asensel with my own eyes do it. I've seen Dominic Cruz do it. But it's it's a real factor. So we'll see how Michael McDonald does in this fight here. And it's almost like this weird sentiment behind the scenes, Sean, that all the UFC fans that see these fighters go to Bellator don't want them to lose. And you have some other ones that are like, yeah, 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 because it'll say a lot. That Michael McDonald leaves the UFC, goes to Bellator, and loses in his debut fight. Oh yeah, well, and the the thing is about about Michael McDonald, I don't know what to expect of him. He's such a young dude. He had reached such heights at such an early age. At, at, like I said in that interview, at age twenty three, he had beaten at that time one of the consensus greatest bantamweights of all time in Miguel Torres. Like that's what. And then in a championship fight right after that. It didn't work out for him, but man, that's that's like where do you go from there, especially in Bellator? Well, in Bellator, he's got a more clear path. He's got he's got more things that he can accomplish there because you know, after I watched him, I'm like, I don't know if he can compete or will compete and at least stay active with some of the bantam weights at the top of that division because it gets real hard up there. I'm talking Dillashaw, Garbrandt, Cruz, now you got Rivera up there, you've got um Marias up there. Those those are five dudes that are just going to be contending for that championship, probably for the foreseeable future. And I don't know if McDonald fit in there. Not not to like negate his skills or anything like that. I just don't know if he he fit there. But you know him against Darian Caldwell. That's a fight I'd watch. It's a fight I could see. That's that's a fight that that makes sense. And if he wins, why not? I mean. 
it's not like Bellator ban Bellator Bantamweight is just sprouting up contenders everywhere. They're not. So mm-hmm. that's somebody that I, I could see him fighting and doing well against uh, in the future. Also, we have Kate Jackson and Valerie Letourneau. That is a good fight. That is a good fight. Kate Jackson is eight and uh, eight and two, I think. Uh, she lost to Joanna Janjacek. Uh She, oh, she. The other loss I'm thinking of is to Tatiana Suarez on Ultimate Fighter 23. Much more experienced than her record indicates. She had some amateur fights. She had some exhibition fights. But against Valerie Letourneau, that's a very good test for her. At least to find yeah. out where she's she fits in the grand scope of 125 pounds because some of the best 125ers in the world might be in Bellator right now. We don't know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Kate's actually 9-2 and two, um, and, and you know, been competing for a bit, competed twice this year, uh, but did have a, a long layoff. She, she At one time, 2015, September 19th, my birthday, uh, she competed and then was off until February 18th, 2017. So she she got she got rid of that ring rust. She's now competing um, twice this year. This would be her third fight this year against the name. People know Valerie Letourneau. Uh Valerie Letourneau's record, you look at it, it's 8 and 6. People think she's much better than that. She is actually much yeah. better than that. But she's 8 and 6. And and when you consider, you know, she had her stint in the UFC, the bottom line is she's lost three fights in a row. Yeah. You right. look at the people that she's lost to. Yeah. Man, it's it's a who's who. Sarah Kaufman, Alexis Davis, Claudia Gadelia, Joanna Janjacek, Joanne Calderwood. Even Roxanne Modafferi eventually competed for a title. That wasn't Roxanne Modafferi's greatest day. Uh, Vivian Pereira is... She ran into Tatiana Suarez or else she'd be looking a lot better than she is right now. If Kate Jackson can't beat Valerie Letourneau, I do question... Where will this flyweight division go? Like, how will it scale back? Because Valerie is thirty-four years old. Yeah. She has lost three in a row. Even if even if they are two luminaries in the sport per se, but yeah, that's that's going to be one that that I, so the, I look at. If I'm not mistaken, the announcement of Valerie joining Bellator was last January or February. Am I correct? Oh, yeah, or, that, that's. And she's That's now been, competing for the first time. In no, it was it was it was in late April, but still, it's okay. been four. It's been eight months. This seems yeah. to happen a lot, like McDonald and MacDonald and yeah. <laughs> Laterno. They wait a long time after they sign to fight. So, I guess we'll see. But, mm. hey, right now you got Alima Lay McFarlane as the flyweight champion, and uh, if Kate Jackson. Wants to work her way there. She's got to beat Letourneau. If if she does beat Letourneau, I think she should get a title shot. Why not? Oh, yeah. The depth of the division isn't as, as massive as any other divisions in MMA, especially when it's just one promotion Correct. and it's Bellator. But, yeah, I, I could, I, the winner should get a title shot here. Why not? Yeah. It's funny right, because so. I would – like I, I play, used to play this game. I was, I was a big fan of it. Uh, World of Mixed Martial Arts 3, 4, the fifth one's coming out. There are actually mods where you're on the game. I heard, yeah, you told yeah. me. <laughs> there was a mod later on where somebody put me in the game. Cool. But I would always start like these the Bellator promotion and try to work and start new divisions and stuff. And I would see names that I wasn't familiar with because of these mods and the filters and everything like that. The game actually correctly predicted Chris Weidman beating Anderson Silva 
years I ago, you told by me that. the yep. way. And I started to use it like as a scouting tool as long as the right mod makers had worked on these people. I trusted their judgment enough, and I was familiar enough with them. I hope I can, when the fifth one releases, maybe we can work out some kind of sponsor deal with these guys because I really like their stuff. It's a, it's a valuable resource. But you would see people that would pop up out of nowhere, and Kate Jackson's one of them that I wasn't always too familiar with. And then she would be a name that would pop up there, and I was able to kind of help use her to build a division. That's what you got to do. You got to find people like a Kate Jackson who can help build a division. Find people like a Valerie Letourneau who maybe, you know, she's not a household name by any means. We'll, we'll not pretend that, but she is a name that you can point to if Kate Jackson wins and say, look, she won. Or you can point to her and say, wow, she beat Kate Jackson. Is this a career resurgence for her? So I like the booking. Uh, it it was, uh, I thought it was a smart decision. But Bellator 191 this weekend. We'll talk about that on our uh, Winnipeg post show as well. But yeah, UFC Winnipeg's happening. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know how functional I'm going to be, uh, seeing as I'm returning from doing Titan. I'm going to have approximately <laughs> two and a half hours sleep. Yeah, two and a half hours sleep because the show ends at one, one or two. Back to the hotel. I have to be at the airport by 4:30. Fly back here. No, fly. Have a layover, which is uh, actually this is a layover sleep shorter. Sleep on the plane. Sleep on I can't the sleep on planes, but I land. I got to get some work done uh, for my other business, and then come home, say hi to the family, and then try and attempt to stay awake and watch a whole UFC on Fox card, which I'm sure I will. Then do a podcast with you. So I don't the know. Hilarious how thing, yeah. The hilarious thing is a late show would have actually got you a little bit of sleep. Yeah, but it's yeah, a Fox so. show. It's a Fox show. Fingers crossed. I, I, I already – I'm dreading it. I, I've done it before, and I know what I'm going to be going through. So, uh, But the difficulty is my flight tomorrow. Um, These are pretty close shows together, the Titan shows. Yeah. My layover tomorrow is longer than, my, than an actual direct flight from Toronto Ooh. to Florida. So it's – you know my, my nine-hour travel day tomorrow is, is going to be an interesting one. Uh, thankfully, on the way back, it's a quick layover. But um, yeah. quick shows for Titan – uh, it'll be a fun card. They're, they've got a new venue called Extreme Action Park where they'll be holding the events. Uh, we'll be seeing some video of some of the fighters that have gone to Extreme Action Park. I haven't been. It'll be my first time there. Hopefully the hotel's closed there. I don't even know where I'm staying, to be honest with you. I'm leaving <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun. Titan FC, you know, I, I'm glad that UFC promoted it during the last show, saying it's on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, take a look. And, you know, a lot of fighters from Titan end up in the UFC. Oh, yeah. And a lot of fighters from UFC that get released end up in Titan. So tons of good content. And Kamara Usman, the biggest problem at welterweight, is my uh, broadcast partner. So I just I just want to see a lot say a lot of people from Titan end up on Fightful, like Showdown Joe and Matt Riddle. Yes, there you go. Correct. So absolutely. That's you never know who the next Fightful personality might be, even bigger than the UFC. Watch Titan. That way you can find out who will be on a uh, Fightful podcast in the future. Absolutely. So we have our UFC on Fox show going down this Saturday from Winnipeg, Manitoba. If you've never been to Winnipeg, Manitoba, do not under any circumstances go there generally from November to March unless you absolutely love snow and cold weather. By all means, go. Uh, I can't believe the UFC is having a show there uh, right now. But anyways, fantastic card. We are likely going to find out who will be next for Tyron Woodley until Sean Ross Sapp loses his marbles talking about Tyron Woodley and his injuries and whatnot. But Robbie Lawler yeah. taking on Rafael Dos Anjos 
in that main event. I can't wait for this fight to go down. Uh, and this is a pick and fight when you look at the odds. Minus 115 for um, Dos Anjos and minus 105 for Robbie Lawler. Uh, this, is, this is a fun fight, man. A great fight to break down. And we just really don't know what is truly going to happen. Lawler's a pretty good-sized welterweight. Dos Anjos is not that great of a size welterweight. And, like, you know, we, we asked this question years ago. How much does Robbie Lawler have left in the tank? Well, well, who am I to to question it after the run he's had? Ellenberger, Brown, Hendricks, McDonald, Condit, Cerrone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Robbie Lawler changed these guys' lives and careers. Look at it. Matt Brown's on the verge of retirement. Johnny Hendricks might be on his way out soon. Condit didn't want to fight for a long time. Rory McDonald GTFO'd and went to Bellator. Jake Ellenberger, I mean, he's never been the same. Like Donald Cerrone, back to 155 you go uh, after not much longer, so... I don't know that fighting Tyron Woodley is like a big like I, I think if Lawler wins, I don't think he gets the next crack at Woodley after winning just two fights. I just don't. The way that he was beaten and Woodley still hasn't had his surgery. I think he'll have his surgery like at the end of the week, maybe. Damn. But you got yeah. a Rafael Dos Anjos who is on a hot streak and I love to see, you know, I associate a lot of things that I remember fondly based on the week that we launched Fightful Joe. It was such an eventful week. We had three UFC shows. There was a drug test failure or seven. There were, <laughs> there were just so many, and it was a very happening point. That week, Eddie Alvarez just obliterated Rafael Dos Anjos. A few months later, Ferguson and Dos Anjos had a great fight, but Ferguson won, and a lot of people wondered if that was... If that if they wondered how much Dos Anjos had in the tank, we have learned that losing to Tony Ferguson is no big deal. People are gonna lose to Tony Ferguson. It just happens. And if they're not gonna lose to Tony Ferguson, they'll end up with staff and then they'll lose to Tony Ferguson. That's just the way it happens. He beat Safadine and Magny, and to me, Magny is just such a fantastic gatekeeper in that division. If you can get by him, I believe you at welterweight. And uh he did that. So man, this fight is is something special. Like usually, I like to break these down, like from a style breakdown. You can't. It's hard to do that in a in a Lawler fight, though. Yeah, because when you take a look at what he generally does, you know what to expect. But I'm looking at Dos Anjos, thinking to myself, 
is he really going to want to stand and bang for a very long time with Robbie Lawler? Yeah, you'll you'll you know you suck him into thinking it's a striking match. Do anything and everything to you know to move your head out of the way and, and not not be where not be where Robbie thinks you're going to be, and get the sucker down on the ground and put Robbie in trouble. Don't forget, Robbie's got pretty damn good wrestling, um, and and his submission defense is pretty good. But if you got someone's back and let that, that's a great position to have on anybody, especially Robbie Lawler, because if you're going to fight Robbie Lawler, the best place to be is on his back. Yeah. Sorry. No, you don't want to stand, go toe to toe with Robbie Lawler. So challenging fight to break down because if he lands that one punch on, on, on Dos Anjos, it is not like Eddie Alvarez landing a combination. Dos Anjos or, or, or Lawler, like you said, changes people. <laughs> that could yes, be a game does. changer for Dos Anjos. Whatever ascension, whatever run, whatever um, hype you've got at welterweight will end very quickly if Robbie Lawler lands that punch and you're in big trouble. So we'll see. UFC's been doing some just really excellent matchmaking of late. Like just they know at this point what people want to see and they're they're going that route. Like that's hey, Dos Anjos, you want to fight somebody and earn a title shot? Do it against Robbie Lawler. There you go. Robbie Lawler's just one of those guys that I don't think that we'll see any signs of retirement in. He'll just have a fight, and he'll be like, a couple weeks later, he'll be like, yeah, I think that was my last one. Or yeah. he'll he'll not have fought in seven, eight months, and he'll just be like, oh, yeah, I'm done, type of thing. Like I think that's the, that's the way that it'll end up going. We have Josh Emmett, Rafael Dos Anjos, or not Rafael Dos Anjos, Ricardo Lamas, rather. Now, Ricardo Lamas, number three ranked, Featherweight facing a guy who isn't ranked, but he's twelve and one. He is three and one in the UFC. Hasn't finished anybody in the UFC. I think this will be a very much a a jab straight in and out type of fight. Like that's that's the type of fight I envision here. And Ricardo Lamas has the pedigree. He has the background. He has the you know he's been the title challenger and. All that, but I don't, I don't think this is like just a gimme for Ricardo Lamas at all. Josh Emmett is very underrated just because nobody knows about him. But I think at this point, at 32 years old, he is a finished product. He's going to be 33 in March. He's a he's solid grappler. But I, you know, I wonder if he wants to go to the ground with a Ricardo Lamas. He's a heavy underdog, man. Yeah. Plus 235. Uh, Ricardo's a minus 275 favorite here. Uh, and I think for a reason, I think he's a guy that people completely forgot about in this division. And they continue to forget about him in this division because there's other people that make so much noise uh, at 145 pounds when they compete. Ricardo, for some reason, doesn't he, make noise. He lost, he lost to Aldo and Holloway. And those are two of the guys that you have to have beaten in that division to be relevant or not lost to at the very least in that division to be able to to do anything. Yeah, some good conversations going on in the live chat right now. Uh, we should we should discuss that after we're done speaking with the or sorry dealing with this UFC on Fox card um, regarding too many UFC shows. They want to see less TV shows. Uh, and how about a seven fight card uh, with no prelims from Ole Samuele? We'll get to that in a little bit because. We, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that. Um, Some, something about Lamas as well. You got a guy named Chad Mendez who's coming back in the summer. Yeah, that's another guy he's been beaten by. Chad yeah. Mendez. We'll see what he has. He'll be thirty three when he comes back, but Lamas will be thirty six at that point. So where where can Lamas go in this division? Is he going to win a fight and get a, a title fight? No, he's not. 
because you got Brian Ortega right up there. You have Frankie Edgar right up there right now. So I I don't think that I, I don't think that Lamas is anywhere near the title picture. If Emmett beats Lamas, he could, he could crack that top fifteen, top ten. Yeah, uh, the, the boys in the live chat are trying to take over the show, Sean. Lecomite uh, <laughs> and Ole Samuele, I got news for you two in a moment. Just remind me as we get past this thing here. The Red Dragon, give him the belt. We'll see about that. The uh, Red Dragon. I think he wants to talk about um, Roy McDonald. Oh, okay. The Red King. Oh, the Red King, okay. Yeah. Automatically give him the belt. Oh, Speaking Lima. of uh, exciting fights, they booked Pontanibio versus Mike Perry. That's a fun one. Another yeah. One, another one and, that I can't break down from a stylistic standpoint. Well, it's simple. If Mike Perry tags him, good night. And Ponzinibbio is not going to sit there and be tagged. At minus yeah. 190, he's a favorite. Ponzinibbio is a favorite here. Most people would automatically assume Mike Perry, Platinum Perry, because of the hype around him uh, and the damage and just this crazy, awesome f- fighting style where he just decides to take people's – to dislodge their head, their skull from their neck um, type of fighting. Ponzinibbio, I don't think, is going to play that game. And if I'm not mistaken, Ponzinibbio's got four inch, he's got a four-inch reach advantage, if I'm not mistaken. Don't and correct me. And when Ponzinibbio capitalizes, he doesn't let up. You see a lot of his finishes happening late in the first round because of that. Like he waits, he finds his, or he either waits and finds his opening and then attacks, or he gets really aggressive and then causes them to have an opening and then attacks. And that's that's something that I think can be exploited against a Mike Perry. Mike Perry's going to be a guy. He's only twenty six. He's twenty six, <laughs> and he's had five UFC fights since we launched. This will be his sixth. Two performance of the night bonuses back-to-back. Four and one in the UFC. He is going to be, like, he is a utility player for them. Like, fit him in, throw him on a show. You can put him on any main card and he'll do good. He is the new Matt Brown of this division. That's true. Good point. Yeah. Good point. I mean, he brings it, man. He brings it. That whole Darren Till thing that happened uh, overseas, that was fantastic. Uh, If he wins, that's the way to go. Yeah, but what if Ponzinibbio wins, right? Then you start looking at, hmm, because now he throws himself into that Darren Till, Colby Covington, Kamara Usman mix. They're just so – this is such a a great emerging division. Perry, Ponzinibbio, Covington, Usman, Till, like you have all these guys – and I get the feeling pretty soon the Mayas and the Masvidals are going to kind of phase out. Uh, I don't know about Stephen Thompson. He does enough to get his wins and things like that. But Covington's going to have beef with everybody. Teal's like everybody wants to fight Teal because he had that just that statement-making performance. But if Perry wins, you got to do Perry Teal. You got to do Perry Teal. You sure that Teal and uh, Covington haven't been matched up? I thought they were. They've been. They tried. They tried. Okay. But to me, right. I don't know if you should do that because you can go. Covington's able to beef with anybody, so you can put him against anybody. They did try to, to book Teal and Covington, but um, I don't know if it's if it's official yet because they there were a lot of uh, discussions about like when, where, all that, how it would happen. But I, I'm picking Ponzinibbio to win this one. Uh, as far as we go in predictions. I'm taking Dos Anjos, Ponzinibbio, and uh, Lamas so far. Where where are you on these? Um, 
<laughs> main event, I don't know just yet. I really got to put some like serious paperwork thoughts on it. You know what I'm saying? I got to really sure. look at it. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if RDA does have the game plan to surprise Lawler just because of the, of the streak that he's on right now. But I'm not surprised if Robbie just boom, one punch. See ya. Go to sleep, yeah. son. You don't, you don't belong here. Uh, Perry and Ponzinibbio. I'd like to lean on Perry landing that crazy punch, but Ponzinibbio smart enough to understand, uh-uh, son, we'll play your game for about four minutes. You're going to just unleash all this energy, and then you're going to get tired in the second and third round, and then I'll take over. Uh, and then Lamas, I will go with Lamas in this fight here. Now, the next fight that I want to talk about, Glover Teixeira and, then and Misha Serkinov. This is a fork in the road fight, if you ask me. Because yeah. neither guy, neither guy technically can afford to lose this fight because it would be fairly damaging per se for the career, especially at 205, although there's not that much depth in his division. Glover Teixeira is a perennial contender. Can't lose to a guy that was destroyed by Vulcan Uzdemir. Okay? Which is not saying much because Vulcan Uzdemir seems to destroy everybody. Yes. Serkinov has had all this hype around him that he could be the next big thing at 205 pounds until he met Vulcan Uzdemir. He had the huge contract squabble, signed or didn't sign, negotiations went bad, signed, came back, destroyed. So Serkinov, if he wants to stay relevant in this division, really has to deal with a guy like Glover Teixeira and say the youth guy or the youthful factor is going to take over here and I'm going to beat Glover Teixeira and again put my name up there with the upper echelon of the guys in this division and say, you know what, I belong up here. Give me Uzdemir again or give me a shot at the title or give me something here, right? Where is this fight with Alexander Gustafsson? That kind of stuff, right? So I don't want to look ahead, but this is a, this is a fork in the road fight, in my opinion, for both of these guys. Yeah, and I think Serkinov gets it done. I think that I consider Glover's days competing at the top of the division over. There were people that he beat. Jared Cannonier just wasn't ready for him. Rashad Evans, is he ever ready for anybody at this stage? Patrick Cummins wasn't ready to get hit. That's before he realized that the fight didn't end if he got hit one time. And he just got peppered. And Ovin St. Preux, Ovin St. Preux is going to be hit or miss. To me, the most impressive victory that Glover Teixeira has in the UFC is over Ryan Bader, leading into the John Jones fight. That's a solid one. And Ryan Bader was nowhere near as good as he is now at that point either. When he beat Quentin Rampage Jackson, you know, Rampage Jackson really over the last six, seven years is not the Rampage Jackson that won that championship. James Tahuna looked like he was something. I just think... I, I never thought Glover was quite cracked up to what he was made to be, and a lot of that's timing. He got in the UFC so late in his career that it's almost not fair to him because forever he was fighting in like WEC and uh, Shudo and places like that into his 30s. And now he's facing a young, hungry Serkinov who wants to make a statement after being embarrassed by Volkan Ozdemir. Volkan Ozdemir took what Serkinov could have. This could be Serkinov at UFC 220. But it's not. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're bang on. You're absolutely bang on. And it's, it's, I like this fight for many, many reasons. Uh, Canadian bias aside, Misha Serkinov, you know, lives about 20, 50, 20, 25 minutes away from me. Um, always have my heart with whenever a Canadian fighter competes. But 
the unbiased analyst in my head is thinking to myself, you got to win this fight, dude. And you got to win convincingly to really make a statement in this division to say that, you know what, you got over that loss to Uzdemir. Obviously, we don't realize how hard Uzdemir actually hits or punches because to do what he did to Misha, and I know Misha can take a punch, let me tell you, son. He can take a punch. Uh, it's not just what you see uh, in the octagon. It's just take a look at his previous fights and what he looks like in the gym. Um, and he's just a great fighter when he gets that clinch. Once he takes you down to the ground, which is the game plan he probably had uh, for Uzdemir, wasn't able to instill it. But once he gets you down to the ground, and if he does get Glover down to the ground, Sean, Glover's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And he is strong as an ox. He's got dad strength. Okay, He's got man strength. He's got Matt Hughes barreling hay strength. He doesn't have bench press, squats, deadlift strength. This guy's got man strength. I told you the story about him and I discussing it so many times that the next time he comes to Toronto, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get together. He's going to help me work on my backyard. He says, all I need is a saw. You get the wood. Give me a saw, hammer, nails, and we'll get whatever stuff done. We're talking about building a deck in my backyard with Glover Teixeira. Like, how cool is this guy? Right, so he's a, he's a manual laborer. He's just you know, give me a bunch of two by fours, put them on my shoulder, bring them to the backyard. Strong, strong, strong guy. So we'll see what happens with uh, if Misha can get this down on the ground, and what Glover will do with this young buck who's super strong as well. So very interesting fight to open up the uh, the UFC on Fox main broadcast. There are a few, uh, so to speak, storylines on the prelims as well. You have guys like Eric Silva versus Jordan Meehan. I think that that's a great fight, but the loser is on the chopping block. I think it was kind of one of their ways to get one of the guys a win while... Can you believe that these two guys were widely considered, and I'm one of them. I could, I, I said these one of these two guys could be a champion at 170 yeah. pounds, and they are on the UFC fight pass prelims. And on the chopping block, Jordan Meehan is only 28. And his career he, might be over because if he gets cut by the UFC, he might not fight anymore because he retired at one point, Joe. Yep. This guy has been fighting since 2006. It's just insane. Eric Silva, you know, he looked so talented in 2011. He looked like he was going to be the guy. He looked like he was... I remember him coming out of Jungle Fight. There was all this hype about him. He was just wrecking people. He was Jungle Fight welterweight champion. He's never been able to put together three wins in a row. He's bare, He's only been able to put together two wins in a row one time. And he's beaten some good fighters. He's beaten a Josh Koscheck at the end of his road. He beat Mike Biggie Rhodes, who was another highly touted prospect. He beat Jason yep. High, who's good. He beat Charlie Brenneman, who's good. But there are a lot of holes in his game. He almost beat Matt Brown. He almost beat Matt Brown like two or three times in the same fight. Same round. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, so... I remember the first time I saw Eric Silva compete uh, was a jungle fight. So I said, this guy belongs in the UFC. Then he came to the UFC, Sean, and I'm like, everybody, you watch this guy here because his future is a title fight with Rory McDonald. Yes. Yeah. You also Oops. you also have McDessey, probably on the chopping block, uh, Bangbos, Bangbros, whatever the hell his damn name is. Damn it. It always comes out the wrong way. Uh, also... <laughs> On the chopping block, Tim Elliott trying to stay relevant in this division after he lost in 50 seconds to Ben Wynn. That's – I'm not over that. I'm not over it. I'm not over it. Yeah, you have it. Chad LaPreeze who started off in the UFC and Bellator. He won a couple fights in Bellator. He uh, won the Ultimate Fighter Nations and then beat Brian Barbarino and Sedano and 
then he had the the little skid. He lost to Francisco Trinaldo, who was just an awesome fighter. Francisco Trinaldo is. And he had the split decision loss to Ross Pearson. He's looking to piece together another three-fight winning streak. Uh, he had a great performance. That fight was really, just really good against Brian Camozzi. So he's he's looking to get it done, too. That's something that, that people should watch out for. Also, under the radar, but a top 15 light heavyweight fight. Cannoneer and Blahovic on the, the prelims. Like, there's zero buzz, zero mention of that. But you've got a couple of guys who are, you know, Blahovic, should he be a top 15 light heavyweight? I don't know about that. He's two and four in the UFC, but Cannoneer is taking him on. Cannoneer is three of his last four. I don't think either one of these guys cracks the top seven ever, but it's um, happening. It just hit me right now. I don't have access to my uh, my television uh, to look at the actual uh, timing of this show, but there's six fights on the Fox Sports 1 prelims? Yes. Is it a two-hour time frame? Yeah, it might be a little bit longer. I'll have to look. Let me let me check. Well, good luck with that, guys, if it's a two-hour time frame. Oops. Yeah, especially Although, with these guys. Yeah, so... <laughs> better get that, that organized, UFC. Because uh, because the show starts at 8, uh, the, the main card, they probably are going to configure things a little bit differently. Yeah. It's a three-hour time frame for six fights. Yeah. Wow. Two fights well, good an hour. luck keeping me awake. Good, <laughs> Sean. Oh, seriously, my God. Uh, I know Paul Leary ripped me on the on the uh, live chat, but I, I'm going to have to say it again, Paul. I apologize. Uh, I, I I respect. You apologize. I apologized. Yes. Um. I, I do. I'm sorry. I understand you posted that. You know. Sorry, Joe. Feel bad for you. You know, you work twelve-hour shifts in a factory, dude. I respect that. I worked in a factory before in my youth. I know what that's like. But all I'm saying is, I'm going to be on two hours sleep, trying to function as a human being as I come back and have to work my other gigs that are very important to me, and then watch a three-hour show that Sean Rossap even said, "Oh my God, good luck staying awake." And then a four-fight main card from 8 to 10, then have to do a podcast and not look like I got hit by a train that hit me and said, I got to back up on this guy's face. So, yeah, no amount of this is going to keep me awake. I can tell you that right now. It's just functional. I Hopefully, we'll get some sleep. If not, Sean Rossap will carry the show big time on Saturday with me saying yes, no. And then Sean constantly messaging me, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. So uh, I am looking forward to this card, though. I, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I can't believe I, I'm looking. The only thing I see on my screen right now, Sean, is Tim Elliott. Tim Elliott. Tim Elliott. It breaks my heart to see what happened to him. Good on Ben, by the way. But knowing that I call this guy's fights in Titan, knowing what he brings to the table, seeing what he did in the Ultimate Fighter, winning the show, getting that title shot with Demetrius Johnson, giving Demetrius all he could handle for five rounds, and then gets choked out in less than a minute afterwards. Yeah, and he was supposed to face Scoggins, who we spoke to at Fightful.com, and Scoggins pulled out. Scoggins pulled out. Now he's facing... uh, Pietro Minga, who is thirteen and zero, not you know, not ideal. How you want to make your UFC debut, but 
I know that Minga has had something like two or three fights canceled last year alone. And he hadn't fought in a long time. He competed in Bellator in London last year. That's going to be an interesting fight. I'm not putting it past Minga to win. I am surprised Bellator let him go because his nickname is Pitbull. So. <laughs> yes, that's correct. They should do a full Pitbull show. An all Pitbull show. They will. They will one day. I guarantee you. Uh, fortunately, we don't have to carry this entire show. James Lynch last weekend spoke to Holly Holm, headliner of UFC 219. Take a listen. She's been talking a lot about you being tested. Uh, do you look at this as gamesmanship, or do you think she's actually serious? You know, I. It's one of those things that I. I don't know where that actually came from. <laughs> um, you know, I, last year I was one of the most tested. I was. They did a whole article, and I was one of the most tested last year. And this year, I, I believe I've still been tested more. Um, I just never am the one that needs the sticker to put on my social media and let everybody know. Tested <laughs> You know, I just, it's like I got tested. It's the name of the game. It's never been something I've ever worried about because I've always been a clean athlete no matter what I've ever competed in. I've never used a performance enhancing drug in my life. So for me, it's like, oh, who thought is here? Okay. Let's get this done with so I can either, number one, get back to bed because they're at 5.45 in the morning, or number two, let's get this done so I can go train if they come to the gym, you know. So um, they were just at my doorstep at 5.45 in the morning last week. So it's just, it's one of those things, you know, I've never really responded to a lot of trash talk or anything like that or any attacks coming from, it's the name of the game. That's what, what are we trying to do? I'm, I'm trying to beat you. I'm trying to knock you out. You're trying to knock me out. This is the name of the game. This is what we do. We're both trying to chase the common goal. Sorry about that. And in order to get there, we were trying to take each other out. Um, so I don't ever say anything. But when it turned into that, that's the only time I've ever responded because that's one thing I'm very sure of and one thing I'm very confident in and one thing that I'm very uh, truthful about. It's, I'm, I'm a clean athlete. Did you lose respect for her when she said that? Because it seemed kind of out of left field. It was out of left field. And I feel like everything is... Um, a lot of times when things like that happen, it's, um, okay, well, I just want to correct this real quick before people on the internet, because people even, like, see one thing on the internet, and all of a sudden it's true, right? So that's why I just wanted to squash it when it first happened, but um, on the other side of that, um, whenever people do things, it's every action is because of maybe a thought or a reaction or something that's going on with them, and, you know, who knows why that came out uh, on her side, you know, there might be emotions on her side, but why that even is something that comes out, so I let that be their issue, I just want to, you know, I just want to, okay, I know you, I know you posted the video with, like, kind of your response to it, it can't be found on your Instagram, it looks like it's deleted, do you know why, did you delete it, did someone on your social team? I put it up for one day, I don't really like my social media to post, there's a lot more in my life, Starting, yeah. Is it disappointing knowing that now that's, you know, part of we're here, we're asking about it? Right, and actually there's, um, there's probably going to be, this is the first time I've actually done any media about it, um, there's probably going to be very few conversations about it because uh, I actually don't even know my name is associated with that. 
Right. Let's talk about training camp then. Are you bringing anyone in uh, specifically uh, to, you know, kind of mimic her at all, or is it just going to be business as usual for training camp? You know, we have such a great team. I have so many teammates that are going to mimic her do whatever I need and you know they're going to be uh, they're there they're my family they're like my brothers and they they show up and they do whatever whatever we need and so I don't need to fly anybody in I've got them right there right there in the, in the same room So somebody in the live chat has a great recommendation that Pitbull should perform at the All Pitbull Show and I would say that you would have to be a part of that show Joe <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fightful leaves a little, yet another booking. There we go. You got oh too many, man, you got too many jobs right now, Joe. It's it's crazy the amount of pipple stuff. I love how, I love how to this day your, your audio is distorted. You might want to move your mic out a little bit. Is that is that better there? Much better. Okay, I apologize, but I I, I do <laughs> find it comical that to this day. There are still people that are so like, hey, man, you look like Pipple. They'll hit me up on social media. It's like, guy, welcome to seven years ago. Like it's all I've been hearing. The minute I put my shades on, um, a friend of mine – I should send you the picture that we should somehow post online <laughs> of a friend of mine when, when – during one – when I was actually before I did play by play for Titan, I was doing the sideline reporting for Titan, and that we were in Miami. It was the first show in Miami, and they said, "Joe, you gotta, you, you gotta some way somehow do a pipple shtick when we when we come ne- when we come to you after break." I said, "Yeah, no problem." I put my shades on, and everybody in the truck was like, "Oh my." God, he looks like Pitbull, like big time. And the fans around me were like, what's going on here? And then we went live, and one of my friends who was watching the pay-per-view took a shot of that. And he got the real Pitbull, who had a similar suit on, and put a side-by-side. Oh, my God, is it ever hilarious? And it looks the same. But if you've ever seen Pitbull with shades off and me with my shades off, we look nothing alike until we put those sheets on. And people – like I, I can't even tell you the craziness that happens to me in the Miami airport whenever I'm in Florida or I'm on the, I'm on the west coast uh, in California or whatever. Got to be careful with the shades I wear, man. It's, it's – I'm not going to lie. I, nothing I can do about it. There's a resemblance. There's a resemblance. There's a bit of a difference in terms of how much money he makes versus how much money I make. But <laughs> A little bit. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. So yeah, I, I would be, I would, I'd be more than happy to be involved in an all Pitbull Bellator show. Hook it up. Couple of quick notes: Joanna Yanjacek has left Perfecting Athletes, saying that her UFC 217 weight cut was not what it needed to be. Uh, Ray Borg also left them. Is there substance to this, or is it convenience? Oh, that's yeah, yeah. I guess well. Convenience because they both failed and are like, you guys screwed up, not me. Yes. Substance perhaps being told otherwise that what did you do for this to cut weight? Blah, 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 blah. Are you insane? Why don't you do blah, 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 and you can work with this company here that will help you. So, yeah, there's, I mean there's two sides to every story, but I, I see where you're going with that, yeah. UFC contract uh, of Cub Swanson has expired. Dana White wants a new deal despite the loss. Think it gets done? Oh, Cub said he's not crawling to the UFC for a contract. Well, he's, he's going to leverage Bellator then. Yep, 100%. Swanson versus Pitbull 2018. You heard it here first. <laughs> Nate Diaz says UFC offered him a title shot in, quote, every division. I don't buy it. I just don't. I, I, I don't. 
I don't buy it at all. Zero. I could see a, a, a title fight with Connor. Uh, I could buy the substance with a t- title fight versus Tyron. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yoel Romero's manager says that Kelvin Gastelum turned down a fight that is uh, Malki Kawa. He said this uh, three days ago, and Gastelum says, Y'all forgetting Luke is also on a one-fight winning streak. Got KO'd by the guy I just beat. Came back after two years to beat a guy who didn't compete in the UFC a year ago. That was in his response. I, I, maybe he feels like he's he's holding out for a title shot or something. That's what it sounds like. I think that's a bad look to turn down a, a Romero fight uh, for Kelvin Gastelum. He should feel fortunate that he has a UFC deal right now after the, the weight issues that he faced. I you got to earn it, in my opinion, if you're Kelvin Gastelum. And, and he has in the cage, but you also have to earn it outside the cage in that regard. Yeah, Melky shows up uh, at a lot of the Titan FC events. He has this bad habit of smacking me in the back of the head while I'm live. Uh, so hopefully I will see him before the show starts. If not, I will ask him to stick around after the show during a break, obviously. Uh, maybe I'll get uh, some clips for Fightful because, uh, as you know, and as everyone knows, my last – uh, tenure a month ago uh, at, at Titan FC, there were a ton of people there that I was able to speak with. So that is my goal when I get there um, What tomorrow, tomorrow night, uh, starting tomorrow night and, and likely at the weigh-ins on Thursday uh, to get as much content as possible for Fightful MMA. Make sure you guys do tune in to see everything and hopefully Melky uh, and I'll start asking some questions about John Jones. We'll see. I find it shocking that Gastelum, a guy who lost in July thinks that he is in line for a title shot. That, that's odd. We also spoke to Chris Cyborg, James Lynch did rather, ahead of UFC 219. Asked her a few questions. We're going to have uh, tons of stuff coming up, uh, a ton of new guests coming up. Wish we could have got Frank Trigg on today, but uh, I get the feeling he'll be on in the not-too-distant future. But, of course, you all can head over to FightfulMMA.com slash exclusives, or FightfulMMA.com, I think, slash exclusives. Either way, we got an exclusives tab there. But uh, you'll see the full article from this talk we had with Cyborg. Here she is. Was there ever a point you thought this fight might not happen? Uh, just with, you know, there's always politics and money involved and everything like that. Were you ever worried that you wouldn't fight Holly? You know, before, after Tony Everga, I already have a feeling it's going to be her. And I start training about to fight her. But I was new to it's just about money. And I knew she was going to set the fight close to the, close to like six weeks, five weeks. And then because I was she like to do short camps, yeah. and then we our team already knew this, and then we knew she was gonna set the fight close to the fight, but he already prepared for that, and just study her. You know she have a lot of footage about because all the fights of her it's uh, like for points, yeah. and you just wait in training. You know you know it's gonna be, you know finish it's gonna be her. And the big thing that uh, you've been talking about with her is uh, her being drug tested. Is that do you actually feel that way, or is this sort of gamesmanship trying to build up the fight? No, this is I just because her team starts saying th- things about me, you know, I, I, you know, and then I don't think right and say anything. I just say, then, 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 then her team is the, have the most fighter for the test and doping. Yeah. I don't know why they say something about me, yeah. and then I just say, okay, if you have any problem with me, let's do tests. How many tests you want to do it for me? Usada do it for her yeah. between the camp. I don't say about two years ago. I'm talking about the camp, right. but yeah. nothing against Holly, not against anything. But has Holly has Holly said anything uh, specifically to you about that, or have you seen Holly say anything about you being tested at all, or is it just her team? You said uh, I don't see her say anything. I think her team, but I think she's answered. But I think uh, she don't understand what I'm said. I said about the camp and said about the uh, how long she's doing tests. 
One of your training partners in the past has been uh, Marion Renault, who fought Holly. Uh, have you got any ideas from her since she's fought Holly before? Uh, you know, she's coming sometimes training with me too, and uh, because she lives close by. Yeah. And then I met, I went to Bad Correa too in Thailand. You know, we changed a little bit too. Right. Uh, and then we, I bring one guy from South Africa too. He's had more than 100 fights Muay Thai, South Pole too, yeah. brown belt Jiu Jitsu, good wrestling for help my camp too. You know, I think it's good. Everything you know, you can know about your opponent, it's better for you. How happy are you that this fight, I mean, you're the champion, so it makes sense, but how happy are you? you don't have to cut, you know, cut down to 40? It's, it's 45, so you have this big fight that's at 45 as opposed to you having to cut down. You know, I fight so much for that, you know, for open more division for girls, and I'm really happy this opportunity to fight for my belt. For more 45 is really blessed for me. Do you feel like Megan Anderson's going to be next if you beat Holly? Is that sort of the next contender? You know, I, I really would like to fight somebody from a division. You know, yeah. I think it's no fair I fight the girls other division, 135. Yeah. I think it's fair fight for 145 for growing or, you know, or, or division. So Chris Cyborg saying if she beats Holly Holm, she would like to fight Megan Anderson or just any 145 pounder. And I can <laughs> admire that. She said that she doesn't think that it's fair that she fights 135 pounders. The, the sad reality is she can want to fight great 145-pounders all she wants. There just aren't really any. Megan Anderson is her best bet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought by this point here things would have changed by now. Um, there would oh, be a lot more depth. To, no, you, you from day one. From day one you said no. Yeah. But I, I, I figured by this point here there, there's some way somehow would be more depth at 145. Uh-uh. Just, yeah, guys, I encourage you all to check out those videos on our Fightful YouTube, of course. James Lynch got us some great content at UFC 218. Follow him at Lynch on Sports, as well as his YouTube channel. He has a ton of stuff up there, too. He has been a great asset. And uh, we've had just tons of stuff from Titan, from UFC 218, just all over the place. Bellator's PR is really good to us, so I want to thank them as well. Joe, before we go... What else you got? I know that this week on the MMA Industry Podcast, James Lynch is having Hunter from uh, Flow Combat on the show. I definitely think you all should check that out. I think he's going to ask him a little bit about Flow Slam as well. They kind of went away. But, uh, Joe, what, what else you got? Well, seeing as I'm leaving tomorrow fairly early uh, to head out to um, Titan because of my nine-hour itinerary, <laughs> uh, there won't be any videos this week, so there'll be lots of articles. I uh, Video-wise, I will try and garner as much content as I can, ladies and gentlemen, while I'm there. Uh, maybe I'll have a little conversation with Mr. Sapp. Uh, maybe I can some way, somehow, do a not-so-clean version of my fun bets, which I really want to do, um, but it, it, I don't have the editing functionality while sure. I'm down there. But we'll figure something out, because I love doing those videos and Looking at these odds that we discussed on the show today, I do see some value there. So we'll, we'll figure something out. Uh, it may be a uh, cheesy iPhone slash MacBook video, but we'll, we'll get there and we'll figure it out. And we'll uh, actually, Sean, I think I'll, I'll do that. I want to have fun doing that because uh, you can imagine how many times I'm going to screw up. I can't do it in one take. So it'll be fun. Uh, but other than that, uh, lots of articles, lots of discussion. Pay attention to the social media at Showdown Joe, at Sean Ross Sapp, at Fightful MMA uh, for a lot of stuff. Anything that I can get, breaking news and or content uh, from South Beach, you will get it MMA related, guys and girls. MMA related. Don't get silly because I said South Beach. So that's about it, man. 
Follow Joe at Showdown Joe. Follow me at Sean Rossap. Follow us at Fightful Online. Like, subscribe, thumbs up. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, get the word about out about Fightful.com and FightfulMMA.com especially. We're still really growing that MMA side, and we have a ton of exclusive content. Uh, you all got to check those out. Check out our Pro Series. Check out our exclusives. Check out the Fightful Wrestling Weekly, YouTube, all that good stuff. Until next time, guys, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.